Hey, Mark. What up? Is this program legal advice? No. No. Never. Do never. Never legal advice. If you need legal advice, go hire your own lawyer, you cheap bastard. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Good morning, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. Greetings and salutations to our listeners. Yeah. We're uh, recording our first episode of the new year, so happy new year. Happy new year. How are you doing on your resolutions so far? In that I have made zero, I'm keeping them all. That is, that's an impressive record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been working on mine. I just came from the gym on a Sunday morning, so... Uh, that's that's one resolution kept so far. Good. Way to go. <clears throat> so, uh, what do you want to talk about today? Well, Mark, there is something I've been wanting to talk to you about for quite some time. It's, well, that's funny because there's something I'd wanted to mention to you, too. Mine's, you kinda, go, you mine's kind first. of a delicate topic. But mine is, too. Really? You go first. Mine's about body odor. Oh, that's funny. Mine's about pet odor. Really? Yeah, you haven't noticed that I've been I've been kind of sneezing a lot in your basement. I have noticed that. Yeah, it it's because it smells like cat down here, and it's really it's really uncomfortable for me. And I've been wanting to say something to you for a really long time about it. But do you have a cat allergy? I don't think so. I think it just it's smells just... like cat down here, like in really strong bad ways. Wow. Maybe maybe the cat peed all over your basement. I don't know. Well, they do have their litter box, like, right, right on outside. the other side of that door. I noticed. Maybe yeah. they missed. It happens. It's, it's, you, cats are supposed to be clean animals, and then every now and then, like, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to admit something to you. Yeah, what? So, I, I haven't been showering before I come over here. Wow. That explains some things. Because I figure my own body odor can try to mask... Oh, the smell of the cat. You're more comfortable with your own funk right. than the funk of my cat. That's right. Is that related to something you wanted to say to me? Um, I think that may that may take care of it. <laughs> of course, I think now that you're working out on Sunday morning, maybe you maybe do I maybe I should shower. Yeah, it might might be nice. Okay. Well, but I'm glad we got this off of our collective chest. Me too. I'm going to make sure that we clean out the litter boxes before you come over. That might help. That that would be good. It would yeah. be good. It would be a good start. I'll do that if you shower. Okay, deal. Deal. Right. <laughs> Funny thing is, we're not the only people that have odor problems. That's true. Yeah. Um I I experience that you know, infrequently, not on a daily basis, which I would not malign my colleague Dave in that way. No. But no. Uh, I have experienced that in the workplace, and I imagine you have too. I have too. And sometimes in our line of work, it becomes a legal issue. Yeah. Which and, is interesting. And and so that that was just very timely. <laughs> we had that conversation <laughs> it was. this morning before we start talking about today's case. Yeah. So what do, we, what do you got for us, Mark? So a, a news story uh, kind of came out, uh, uh, you know, uh, within the last week or two here about a lawsuit filed in the city of Indianapolis. And I'm just going to note that, you know, I, I read about this from our former guest, John Hyman. Thanks, our, John. Thanks, John. And our uh, friend, Suzanne Lucas, the evil HR lady, she posted about this this week as well. 
But uh, I'm going to draw here from a USA Today article about a really strange case. Lay it on us. All right. So this is a case about Amber. And she was a former lead staff in the magistrate, mad, I'm going to try to say this again, magistrate court in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. And she filed a complaint with the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Indiana uh, about a situation where staff members and employees began to complain about a co-worker's chronic body odor. And as lead staff, uh, Amber notified her supervisor about the complaints and later brought and installed air fresheners throughout the, throughout the work area to improve the overall quality of air in the office. That prompted... Was it like the little tree air fresheners, do you think? You know, I'm drawing from a very limited source here, a USA Today article. Okay, fair so, enough. Not known um, for their But you can picture feature. whatever. You could You could picture a Glade plug-in, oh, if you yeah, prefer. Oh, yeah, those are nice. Or a little tree, something you might hang on the rearview mirror in your car. Yeah. Something maybe you should hang on the doorknob to your basement. I'll think about that. Okay. But yeah, that... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, she and other staff started to uh, install air fresheners in their work area, uh, according to the complaint. And in May 2017, uh, Amber was notified that the worker with the body odor made complaints with the Human Resources Department about the use of the air fresheners. Now, Amber... Super Do we know the nature of those complaints? Just that the individual in question told her that she had created a hostile work environment toward the worker. Okay. And they fired Amber. Oh. Now, I'm just going to stop there for a moment because we have no more facts than that. And I would just say on those facts, you have a smelly coworker, you bring in air fresheners, right? Without more, has, have they done something wrong? I don't think so, but what we don't know is how many air fresheners, where were they putting them? I mean, if this right. was like an an office cube environment, were they hanging it like 50 air fresheners sure. around this co-worker's Did cube? this co-worker come in and have like little Christmas tree air fresheners hung all over the cube? Yeah. Right? I mean, that would be terrible. That right? would be terrible in the wrong way to handle it. Um, and yeah. so that might get you there. That would that, um, that might that might become a terminable offense. But let's just say that everybody put a little air freshener in their own workspace. That's going to smell terrible. <laughs> well, well, it, 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 unless they coordinate so they all get the okay. same air freshener, like somebody else's like rainforest fresh is going to completely clash with somebody else's like Spice Island, and it's going to just smell like so total then you ass. Have, you have a cacophony of odors uh, yeah. that are all supposed to be for freshening the air, and in fact, it actually makes the entire place smell worse. Not to mention that you're just masking up the fact that this coworker S smells, smells like a monkey's butt. So right. it's and just going to be terrible all around. So if you have that monkey's butt co-worker yeah put the case aside here for a moment what what should amber have done here and or her co-workers well you it would require not being passive aggressive but i guess one of them could you know suck it up and then go talk to the co-worker and say like hey i know this is an uncomfortable conversation to have but you smell like a monkey's backside and then you know maybe that 
encourages them to shower before they come over it, it's to an record un- a podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's an uncomfortable conversation. It is. Much in the way that we, we had we had it out at the beginning of the right. episode. So I, I would say the same thing, that that's, that's the first step. Right. And if that doesn't work, then maybe Amber should have gone to HR and said, you know, my coworker doesn't really smell all that great. Could you talk to him? It's making our working environment difficult to concentrate. Yeah. Because all we're thinking about is how it smells. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that we feel like we can do about it. Right. Right. And but Amber didn't do that. She went right to, you know. Air fresheners all over. All maybe. over the place. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe. So here's where this gets interesting and it kind of it kind of loses its coherence for me a little bit. So yeah. then, so Amber has worked there, had worked there since 2010, um, says that her her termination was unlawful because it was related to her association to an individual with a disability. Because okay. she claims she claims that her coworkers obnoxious chronic body odor is a disability protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And therefore, okay. she is associated with that individual and is terminated because of that person's disability, the body odor. Wow, you've got to be kidding me. I, I wish I was, but that's the theory of the case. That may be the dumbest theory I've ever heard. So... Tell us why, because I know, so, and I think I know our listeners know that there are such claims as association claims right. that you can bring. Well, there's so two, why is this not one? There's of two those? problems with this one. The first one is we don't know that this person's bo is a disability or related to a disability. That's a huge assumption. Just because somebody smells bad, that they're disabled. Correct. If now, based on the information we right. have. Now, if somebody smells bad because they have an irrational fear of water that prevents <laughs> them from bathing and showering and personal hygiene, then maybe that's a disability. But we don't know that. A diagnosed huge problem of water. It is a huge leap of faith just yes. to assume that a stinky guy is disabled. Right. As, so so the, there's a difference there between the individual who has a legitimate actual fear of bathing and water. Right. And the person who's just like we experience here in Portland, a dirty hippie. A dirty who's hippie. Who's just too lazy to, to find that right. bath. Now, our dirty hippies usually smell like patchouli and clove cigarettes. But, True. You know, they I'm, mask it in other ways. Right. But let's just assume that that person's stench is disability related. The bigger problem that we've got here is this crazy association claim. Association claims are usually... I stuck up for the victim of discrimination or another one that I've seen a lot is that I am married to dating or related to a person of color, a minority, and my boss's racism is directed at me via my spouse. Right? Right. Because I'm buddies with somebody who they dislike because right. so of that a protected would be, characteristic. In this case, my boss's smellism yeah. Yeah. is directed at me, even though it's my spouse that smells. Right. But that's not what we've got here. What we've no. got here is somebody who was fired for harassing somebody, now claiming to be 
discriminated against because of their association with the person they were harassing. That's like, say, let's like Harvey Weinstein coming along saying, like, I was wrongfully fired because I associated with the women I was harassing. It's the stupidest argument ever. It's the stupidest <laughs> argument ever. If that actually gets anywhere, that would actually mean you could never fire anybody for harassment or discrimination. Yeah, I, I have to think that this is the the loser to end all loser when it comes to cases. Now, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not going to go so far here as to say that Amber's termination was appropriate under the circumstances, but oh, that doesn't no. mean it was illegal. Doesn't mean it was illegal. The only the only way this case has legs out of everything that you just told me, you know what it is? No, what? Southern District of Indiana. <laughs> Now, Dennis, <laughs> I don't know how much you know about Indiana, but that is a somewhat conservative yeah. part of the United States. Fair enough. <laughs> so for our international listeners that, yeah, but still, no, that's not going to go. It's anywhere. not going to go anywhere. That is a loser. Sorry, Amber. Um, your coworker stinks and so does your case. Terrible. It is terrible. Terrible. So, so tell me. Yeah. What other situations have come up for you that you're obviously able to talk about? Sure. Where body odor or smells in the workplace have come up? Um, I've had a BO case. Like, I actually had to, like, litigate a BO case. So, some wow. of this is public record. That's, okay. I'm not going to name clients and names. It's about, I'd say, at least 10 years ago, if not longer. Um, but this one was interesting. It was a BO and race harassment case. And I should actually say an alleged BO case. Here, okay. Here's what happened. A white coworker started complaining to his boss that his African-American coworker had BO. The boss did exactly what you would, you or I would want the boss to do. And that's to go and talk. Go talk to the coworker and yeah. say, like, hey, we hear you've got BO. Well, they did that. Except when they talked to the coworker, they didn't notice that he had BO. In fact, he fact, boss said he seemed like he smelled just fine. Interesting. So he told him, look, you know, I don't think that you've got a BO problem, but we received a complaint that you do. I felt it was appropriate to let you know that, you know, one of your coworkers didn't rat out who. I mean, they did everything right. Um, didn't rat out who it was, but one of your coworkers thinks that you may have a hygiene problem. Thought it would be appropriate for me to let you know. The um, African-American coworker said, gee, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll do even better on my personal hygiene. I'll shower twice this morning. The white guy continued to complain that the black co-worker smelled bad. So the boss escalated a step further. He actually undertook a little private investigation of this co-worker to see if other people agreed that he smelled. Interesting. So he started talking to this guy's co-workers and other people in the work environment to say like, hey, um, any concerns about so-and-so? Well, no. Everybody liked the guy. Um, you ever notice that he has any hygiene issues? No. Absolutely no one agreed with this one white coworker that this black man had any hygiene problems. Okay. The, 
So they That's went telling. They went back to the white coworker and said, "Look, we talked to him. He tells us he showers every day. He uses deodorant. I've detected no odor. No one else in this entire office thinks he smells bad. It's all you." And the white coworker got really bent out of shape. And said, no, that guy smells, he may have used the term monkey's butt, I don't know. But he used a derogatory term to describe this co-worker and his odor, would not accept that he was delusional about it, and went on a massive campaign of, you know, this guy stinks. And started telling everybody in the world that this guy smells bad. Oh, that's not cool. The African-American co-worker now got upset... As and went should. to HR and complained about this and said, I think it's because of my race. I think this guy who's making complaints about me is racist. And therefore, he's making stuff up about how I smell and alleged that that was a stereotype that African-American males have had to face in the past and wanted action taken against the white coworker. Does not seem out of line to me. Which the company did. They put him on notice and said, you leave this alone or you're gone. Him being the white employee. Him being the white employee. The white employee did not leave it alone, continued his campaign against the um, black co-worker. Company fired him. Okay. White guy. Sues. Race discrimination. He claimed that he was fired because he was white and it was some sort of quote unquote reverse discrimination case that because he had issues with his black co-workers B.O. that somehow he was being discriminated against. That's stupid. <laughs> stupid. That's almost as stupid as the case we just talked about. Almost, almost. As stupid. Not, I, it's not as stupid. But not it's as, stupid. as stupid. He didn't. He didn't come up with this association. Right. With. It wasn't a new a new kind of claim. No. It was just a. Stupid it was just claim. a stupid claim, and we got it dismissed on summary judgment. Good. As it should have. As been. it should have been. Um. But that was my that was my famous bo case. That's amazing. Isn't that weird? It's a very weird case. Yeah. Now, what about reverse bo? What about people? That's what I yeah. see so I've seen much a lot more, more of that. Tell, tell me, tell me about what you've you've. Well, experienced. it's not really bo. What it is is people who have an allergy or some aversion to fragrance will claim that they are disabled due to their allergic condition or whatever it is. And I actually have some sympathy for this. Oh, me too. I have terrible allergies, and one of my massive triggers is one of the ingredients in perfumes and colognes. I'm going to admit, that's why I have not coloned up, just to cover the smell of your basement. Yeah, and thank you for that, or I'd be like (laughs) sneezing into the microphone right now. That stuff sets me off. But So what happens is people that have a condition like that will say that they are disabled as a result, And the accommodation that they ask for is that no one else in the environment can wear fragrances. And this is interesting because most of the time when we're talking about accommodations for disabilities, we're talking about things that affect the disabled person. Like, I want a larger computer screen. I want a stand-up desk. I want a ramp so I can wheel myself into the office. This one's interesting because it actually requires everyone else to take some step 
And some people get really bent out of shape that they can't wear their Chanel number whatever and smell like the proverbial tarts boudoir because that's, <laughs> that's just who they are. Right. And I've actually worked in one of those environments where there's somebody who has to like bathe in cologne before coming to work. And despite complaints, just it doesn't have to be from disabled people, but just complaints that like we don't need our eyes watering due to your cologne. Right. Um, they refuse to take it off. Many workplaces have instituted what are known as fragrance-free workplace policies. Yep. That way, you don't have to wait for the problem to arise. You just tell everybody, like, yeah, we don't need that. There's unscented deodorants. You don't need to have a soap that leaves some, like, lingering cloud of of stench behind. Um, it would it would address the hippie patchouli problem that we have sure. here in Portland. Um, and a lot of workplaces do that. And enforcing it can be an issue. Yeah. But all in all, I applaud such policies because I'm one of those people who tends to complain about the cologne. Can be the right thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've, we've, we've beat the BO horse to death a little. But what I want to ask everybody is... Yeah. Do you have crazy BO workplace Tell stories? Tell us. Send them to us. Yeah. Stories at HWE Podcast. We'll say that again at the end of the episode. But uh, yeah, these are really interesting stories, both because they're fun to tell, right. but also because they're interesting from a legal perspective. BO is just funny. It is. It's, you know. Unless you're experiencing it. Or as I am right now in Dennis's basement. With the cat BO. Right. It's really LBO. Litter box odor. Yes. LBO. LBO. And on that note, we'll we'll be be right right back. back. (laughs) Hey, Mark, do you know Jason Gardner? I've heard of him. How about Sean McGuire? Also an awesome gentleman. They are the best. Why? They have donated $10 a month or more to our Patreon campaign. Wow. How can others do that? www.patreon.com slash HWE. Do it and we'll read your name too. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. So I have a question for you, Dennis. Fire away. What do the states of Oregon and New Jersey specifically have in common with one another that they have that no other state has? Wow. Um, That no other state has... I literally have not the slightest clue. Like not even a snarky one. I not even a snarky <laughs> one. Like uh, I, you know, because you know, New Jersey's known for being like heavily industrial. Oregon's not. Um, they're both on the you know the ocean, but lots of states are. So right. I, literally, no idea. I can't imagine two states more different than those two. Well, I will give you the answer. Please. As somebody who's my last two states that I've resided in are New Jersey and Oregon. Oh, a unique position. A unique position, maybe. I don't know if that's all that unique. There might be some other transplants here from New Jersey. But what those two states have in common is that they're the only states in which you are not permitted to pump your own gas. Oh, that's right. And as you do know, we've had a bit of a brouhaha 
oh, here in have. Oregon this week. Well, over, the whole nation has had fun well, making fun of us at our expense, week. right? Was, so yeah. what happened is that the legislature last year in Oregon passed a new law that says that in counties that have, I believe it's fewer than 40,000 residents. Which is many. Which is many in the rural parts of the state. Yeah. Gas stations may make the choice as to whether they provide a self-serve or full-serve option. Wow. And you would have thought, now that this has gone into effect, first of all, people misunderstood and thought it meant in the more populated areas of the state that they were all going to have to pump their own gas, which is not true. We're still not allowed to here in Portland. Yeah, grumble. Grumble, grumble. Yeah. But you would have thought that hell had frozen over. (laughs) There were people going online making comments like, that's unsafe. How I'm not qualified to do that. I don't want to end up smelling like gasoline, like all of this. Wow. Like, I, people who clearly have never touched a pump in their lives clearly. or maybe left the state in their lives <laughs> or both yeah. were, were freaking out, which one of my, my favorite things I saw in response. I mean, there were so many funny responses where, were like animated gifts of I, I think it was like one of the you know those Ben Stiller movies maybe it was Zoolander or something yeah. where they have they're playing with the gas pumps and there's gas <laughs> flying all over the place like and then somebody would caption it and say this is what Oregonians think happened in oh of the forty eight yeah. other yeah. states so oh my god so this has been hilarious for us and and we've both talked about this obviously the. This is absurd. It's an absurd law. It is the dumbest law I can think of. That these states have. Because it impacts us by making us wait for longer. Because they'll have one employee managing 10 pumps. And you're not allowed to touch the gas. Yeah. So you have to wait and wait and wait. And I feel like I've lost half of my life between living in New Jersey and now living here. Waiting to get my gas pumped. Not to mention... And I don't want to make broad brush generalizations about anybody. I don't mean to disparage anybody. But the caliber of people whose career it is <laughs> to pump gas in Oregon, not a whole lot of PhDs amongst that group. In terms of being qualified to pump your gas? Well, in terms of point, being or? qualified to do much of anything. Like, basically, the two groups that are employed in the gas pumping industry in this state are high school kids and recent prison parolees. That That's a big generalization. But, but, but those are the two biggest groups. False. It's not entirely false. And, and, and while I happen to... Re- I know the guy who pumps my gas by my house, and I like him. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And he does a good job, and he's yeah. I go there because he doesn't make me And wait. he hasn't re-offended, which is why he's still he pumping your gas. He's a great guy. But my gas station by my house closes at 9 p.m., and you're a lawyer, so I bet you work past 9 p.m. once or twice every now and then. All the gas stations anywhere near yeah. me close by 9 p.m. So if I'm out later than that and have a gas issue in my car, I might be out of luck. <laughs> gas issue. A in gas your issue, car. yes, yes. Especially in light of the yeah. BO conversation. Uh, I know. I, where my mind goes. It, it, it is. So why do you think, and I know you know the answer to this, but yeah. why do we have this law? This comes up every now and then, like, you know, we're the laughing stock of the world. We need to change this law. And there's two arguments that are always made. One is old people will have to get out of their car. And, you know, because it's Oregon in the rain to pump their own gas. Okay. Even though almost every gas station I've ever been to has has a roof. A roof. (laughs) Right. Um, 
So there's that one. And it's always the old people because we always, we all feel sorry for old people. Um, now on that one, you know, my mom, 81 years old, is petrified by the idea that she might have to get out and pump her own gas someday. I think, wow, she shouldn't be driving anyway. <laughs> Making her pump her own gas would actually be really, really great. Come on, legislature, fix this. Get right. mom off the road. No, that doesn't work. But the other one, and it, it's, you know, much more employment related, is that it somehow provides employment for all of these Oregonians who would otherwise be out, you know, begging on street corners were it not for the pump your own gas law. Right. And that's what I always hear thrown out as the reason for doing this. It improves employment. But I would, I would posit that it actually doesn't. I don't think it does either. And here's one of the reasons is yeah. that, and I read this years ago, and I, I'm not sure I could find this stat again now, but I read this years ago that Oregon has the lowest number of gas stations per capita of, I've any, of any state in the nation. The I've reason that. for that is because the costs of entry are too high because you always have to be employing an additional one or two or three people to man the pumps at all times. Yeah. When in a self-serve, you just need one person to run the, the, the quickie mart. Yeah. Inside and collect a payment that can't be made at the pump. Right. And what we find here then is gas stations that don't have full hours. Yeah. And they don't have as many of them when if you had more of them, you'd still be employing other people. and Right. You'd, it, it may not be a one for one. But it would have an impact. It would certainly have an impact. And why are we creating jobs that aren't needed? Yeah. It, it's, and it it's, increases the cost of gas. Yeah, we could just, you know, we could say like, wow, back in the days of horse stables, we employed more people as, as you know, stall cleaners. So let's ban the automobile and go back to horses. It would provide right. I more mean, jobs. You it's, can it's make dumb. that with any technology or anything, anything. that somebody yeah. can do self-serve versus full-serve. Right. Um, and the other thing, and I can say this, I've actually worked as a gas station attendant. Oh, I never knew that. I was I learned not, something new in this basement not all a the time. recently released felon. I was a high school student, the other demographic. Sure. And um, sure you were. Yeah, yeah. My job lasted all of three days because oh. I am not, I swear to God, I am not making this up. I got fired after three days. You know why? I can think of all sorts of reasons. The owner's brother-in-law was released from prison and needed a job. Oh. So I got fired so that this now I understand. parolee could pump gas. Now I understand where your generalizations are coming yeah. from. Personal um, experience. So two observations relevant to this conversation. One, do you know how much training I got? In oh, I'm pumping sure. gas? Oh, I'm sure because you have to be qualified. Oh, my. I'm sure you got weeks oh, of training. Yeah, none. Okay. Zero. Yeah, I got shocker. training on how to run a cash register. Okay. And I got training on how to take all of the cash we got and put it in this little like metal canister that, you know, so when we got robbed, the, you know, I could give them what I had in my pocket, but they couldn't actually get the gas stations. But, but nobody actually told you not to play with an open flame by the pump? Shockingly, no. <laughs> or to like, you know squeeze the handle while I pull it out of the car and spray gas all around. You know, n none of that was covered in my extensive gas station training. But the other thing I noticed is um, I, I had to both pump gas and like sell cigarettes and motor oil and all the other crap that they sold in a little, you know, store in there all by myself. So 
by forcing all that all that happened by preventing people from pumping their own gas is that they got slower service because I had to do two jobs at once. Right. And because you're not you're not making up enough money with gas taxes and, and raised prices on, on gas to hire a second person. Exactly. So, so you're still not helping the employment all no, that much. It was you're just no, getting lo- lower service. It was no safer because you had a, you know, half the time inebriated high school kid out pumping your gas. It was no more employment because I was doing two jobs. I, I just don't get it. So you know where the best place in Oregon is to get get gas? I have a feeling you'll tell us. I will. Yeah. Where? Any reservation. Yes. <laughs> And any national park. I've discovered that you can drive across Oregon, actually north, south, or east, west, on long haul drives, not yeah. around Portland itself. And if you're on uh, native lands, right, or a reservation, or, or federal in, lands, or federal lands, then any gas station there is self serve, and you can pump your own gas and save yourself some time. I know. I found myself in Crater Lake National Park. It's yep. Oregon's only, only national, national park. park. I've done that too, and, and was low on gas. And they have a gas station. I was thinking, oh my god, I am going to go bankrupt buying gas in Crater Lake. But I had to. So I thought, yeah. oh, I'll just get like a gallon and then coast down the hill. And I pulled up there. Not only was the gas like 50 cents cheaper than cheaper. anywhere else because there's no state tax. I pumped it myself. In yeah. and out in record time and back to wildlife it's, viewing before you knew it. It was it's wonderful. Almost, it's almost as impressive as Crater Lake. Almost. It was a thing of beauty. Indeed. I was awestruck. All right. We'll be back with a listener story in just a moment. And we're back. And Mark, you've got a listener story for us. I do. But before we get there, I've actually read the listener story, and it contains a record number of F-bombs. So if you're in the car with your kids or your grandma or your, you know, religious leader, and you don't want (laughs) them to know that you listen to our oft-profane podcast, this would be a good time to, like, you know, switch over to like the Gilmore Girls discussion or whatever, you know, else is out there. I, I think there's probably a lot of F-bombs in the Gilmore Girls discussion. Really? I, I don't know. I haven't listened to that <laughs> podcast. All right. If, if if it's profane too, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mark, lay it on us. All right. All right. This is a listener email we received a little while ago. I was tasked to set up a new scheduling software by our general manager who hates any confrontation at all and train the other managers on its use. It took me a full day of entering employee start dates, wages, and job classifications by each department. Upon completion, I prepared a form for each of the department managers to obtain any additional information that was not available to me upon initial setup. When one of our managers saw the request for information, which contained an explanation as to why this data was needed, she blew up at me, and in front of an entire department staff yelled, I'm not fucking doing this. You can't fucking make me. Who gives you the right to fucking tell me how I should run my fucking department? And wadded up the form and threw it at my head. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I calmly explained to her... Well done, calm, staying well, calm. Well, yeah. Uh, explain to her that this was not my decision to implement this new procedure, and if she had any issues with this new and required software, that she should address her concerns to the general manager, who apparently 
failed to inform the department managers of the task he assigned and forgot to mention that fact to me. It would seem that way. Hence the reaction. Now, I would simply just put it, that does not justify the reaction. No, it does not. We do not condone workplace violence. (laughs) When I explained this reaction to my general manager, he went and actually spoke to the department manager. As he should. She immediately came to me to call me a fucking traitor and that she will forever fucking hate me. And never speak to me again. I, I sounds like a a win win. The result, yeah, of all this was that all but one manager never actually ended up using the required new software, which was expensive. And the GM, the general manager, never pushed the issue again. Wow! Talk about avoiding confrontation and no wasting money. Doubt. That is an awesome story. We appreciate the submission. If you've been the victim of many F-bomb lobbies like that one, um, let us know. You can tell I relish the opportunity to give the disclaimer and speak that story. Oh, we totally do. So we welcome that. Yes, please. So if you have a great story, send it to stories at hostel. Dude, no. how long have we been doing Yay! this? Stories at hwepodcast.com. Yeah. Right. Or you can, you you know, to, to listen to us, you know, you can go to hwepodcast.com, though that was just a stupid thing I said because you already are listening to us if you're hearing my voice. But if you want to read about our episode, you can go yes, to hwepodcast.com. Yes, the show notes are there. The show notes are there. The That's why we should there. tell you all about yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, if you want to read the scripts that we write for these shows beforehand, you can go to hwepodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, clearly, this is scripted. Clearly scripted. Um, Our Patreon campaign is at www.patreon.com slash hwe. Yes. We've received a few uh, submissions there, donations there, which we are very appreciative yes, of. Yes, we love our patrons. Thank you all. And on that note, we will bid you adieu. 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 Bye now. Ciao.